rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, what's going on? Sorry about that. I had some, I know, I, I almost had technical difficulties. Jesus Christ. What else is new? And that's what, that's what happened in my head. I said, we're having technical difficulties. What else is new? Okay. Farago quit the minute I, I hit start. Anyway, whatever. My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. This is unapologetic liberal talk on the right side of history, decency, dignity, democracy, and humanity. And God damn it, we need it. We're running out of all of those things here in the United States. Anybody disagree with me? We're running out of decency, dignity, democracy, and, well, humanity in the metaphorical sense. And um, how much longer are we going to take it? Thank you, Winston, on the chat um, for the feedback that uh, everything is working. Oh, you heard my call to Tom Hartman today. Says at the second. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, And that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, because well today well let me just do the um the plugs for those who are new my name is tara devlin this is unapologetic liberal talk and we have a we're on progressive voices the show's on progressive voices we're on youtube go to youtube.com slash c for channel slash tara buster and join the people in the chat room that's the chat room i'm going to be i will be um interacting with during the show so that's youtube.com slash c for channel slash tarabuster so get your ass over there and join the conversation um we're on verdant square radio another independent liberal station fyi nation same thing independent liberal radio station net network that has independent and original programming become a I mean, there's so many people pulling you in so many directions, but it has to be done. So join FYI Nation, become a subscriber for, for, to keep us going. That's it. I mean, what else? God, I'm I'm tired of doing it myself. I apologize. Of course, become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And we need more patrons. Okay, if we ever get to the point where we're having where we can have a daily show at a set time, it's going to be because you guys well, well, we built this community up to the point where we can we can do that. So, all right, let's get into it because there's a lot of we have a lot to talk about. And um, if you if today doesn't show us yet again how much work we have in front of us, I mean, our work is really cut out for us. Um, you guys I, I don't know it's it comes from all directions at all times though incessant in non-stop right the uh assault on decency dignity and democracy wait oh shit i fucked up no oh okay nothing 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 this is why i ask you to become a patron so we can get some a, a producer in here so i can do this you know I don't have to press mo- most of the buttons. I only have to press a little bit of them. All right, so all day. Okay, I called up Tom Hartman earlier in the day, 
I should have grabbed that, actually. I should have grabbed it from Tom Hartman's show. But let's just do it here, then. I'll just explain what I was talking about. So, Because I was watching the coverage of... Um, the uh, basically the Supreme Court effectively over has overturned Roe v. Wade in in Texas, and it's coming to other southern states, other um, of the states of the old Confederacy, so to speak. It's coming because they're already they've um, different right wing governors all over the country have been f- saying that they want to bring that. Uh, that law, that disgusting law, to a um, to their own states. So all day I'm I'm listening to the coverage. So I was watching corporate media. I was listening to Progressive Voices, and I I hadn't heard a single mention of the fact that when democratic policies are in place when we have a primarily democratic, a a, a large D democratic government, abortion rates go down. Abortion rates go down under health, wealth, education, living wages, uh, policies of of reality-based sex education and family planning. Then uh, this is what drives the abortion rates down the fact is republicans do not when a republican is in office their policies don't um, reduce the numbers of abortions their policies because the abortions are have been happening since human beings are um, crawled out of the ooze and Abortion rates do not go down when this, the need for abortion, let me say, doesn't go down when there's restrictive laws against it because women will find ways to perform abortions. This is why it's the only time the church and religious figures started talking about abortion. It's a relatively new concept in their uh, religious ideology because they didn't give a shit about it they remember the whole what's the quickening when you can feel a um a a fetal heartbeat or something so that's when for thousands of years i don't know thousands i'm over i i need to um look that up thousands of years but definitely hundreds of years the um it's not thousands the life, the church, the Catholic church and religious figures, they, they said that life didn't begin at conception. It began at the quickening. That was when, uh, Mo, and some believed it began at birth because li- because actually the infant mortality rate cause it was so high and it was um, pretty tenuous to get out of childhood to begin with. So having, it, it wouldn't be unusual for women to have many, many children, uh, babies that never m- made it out of infancy. And uh, as uh, horrible as that probably was for women. But you know what I'm saying. The fact is abortion rates do not go down. When you limit abortion, all that happens is um, the numbers of dead women go up. And during 
you know, this fight that we thought we won, the, uh, the part of the rallying cry for a uh, for abortion rights in this country was the fact that people were sick of of uh, of their relatives dying, of uh, of hotel rooms being rented out, and uh, the maid coming in the next morning and finding a woman dead in the hotel room, uh, abandoned by whatever butcher was doing this procedure. This is what... This is why the uh, the women of Amer- human beings in America understood that abortions uh, it's none of your business. If you don't want an abortion, don't get an abortion. But we're tired of of people needlessly dying, uh, even though that doesn't that seem like the Republican mission statement. More of you are going to needlessly die. Because they can't—it baffles me. It baffles my mind why, how they—they—they—they really do hate this country. They do. And part of the law in Texas, and as you—you heard, um, as repugnant as it is, it gets even worse. They have empowered— vigilantes in this country to invade women's privacy and uh, they get to get a bounty for um, bringing their whoever a neighbor a friend an ex-girlfriend perhaps bringing them into into court or uh, into the legal system because they happen to have an abortion after six weeks um but that's what Republicans, this is, that's just another, that's the cherry on top of this legislation for them. B- being able to divide and conquer the American people even more. Not only have they divided the American people, they've turned us, well, they've turned themselves into a bunch of Nazis. Because what the f- is that? But... Nazi. I mean, the ones who are constantly whining about everyone's a Nazi, right? Because we want them to maybe not die of a pandemic, of the goddamn coronavirus. Hold on. Everyone's, everyone's a Nazi, right? Who wants them to wear a mask. Or maybe their children. We, would, we don't want their children to needlessly die. Or the little snot-nosed brats. We don't want them to infect decent children. The, the decent children of decent people who will grow up to be decent human beings, unlike the Republicans and their little brats who will never grow up because that's another requirement for being a Republican is that you don't grow up. You are an emotionally stunted schoolyard bully and you bring those tactics into the political discourse. That's all you got. Hold on. I feel like my audio is very raspy. Is it? You can tell me. Hello, 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 hello. Boom, boom, boom. One, one, one. One, two, three. All right. Maybe that sounds better. I have no idea. I don't know until the show's over. All right. 
They're disgusting. All right. Where was I? Oh, yes. Republicans are disgusting. Right. Okay. But that's, you see, pitting the American people against each other. That's what they want. They love that shit. They love it. They want this country to be like Mad Max. where We're all out here fighting over the scraps. And they're in their gated communities laughing at it all. Well, now they're fighting over over women's privacy. In what world? Where they live? Is this okay for them? But, But they could do it because it's women. It's women who, obviously, Republicans. I don't give a crap. If you're a woman in the Republican Party... You are a bigger misogynist than the Republican males. That's how it has to be. They all have to praise the patriarchal power structure and be on board with putting women in their place. Because when it comes down to it, it's it, they'll be fine. I mean, the Republicans themselves and the, the powerful Republicans will be fine. And they really don't care about the rest of America at all. They don't care. They, they that it's poor people pe- uh, that will have uh, this burden. And the the fact is, here's the thing. And this is what I spoke to Tom Hartman about. Wait. And we have to get we have to start messaging, as Democrats, as normal people, as progressives, as liberals, normal people. We really got to start messaging a little better. And I wish they would listen to this show. That's partly why I called into Tom Harmon, because he has a large platform. And I want this to get out there. That enough, enough um, playing defense with these filthy fascist losers. That's what they are. They're losers. You must, you got to be a loser. Because you, you can't... Um, you you can't legitimately win elections on the basis of your kiss up, kick down. I got mine. Sucks to be you. F you ideas. Your dark ages throwbacks. Uh, uh, they they can't get elected that way. So they have to cheat and gerrymander and destroy democracy and kick people off the voting rolls and make sure that people can't vote because they are cowards and they know how much they suck and they know that their policies have nothing hold nothing for the american people in any way shape or form and i wish i was wrong you see i really do wish that like for example if this were a functioning democratic republic um i i would you know well wait hold on somebody is texting me and it's distracting me the same time nobody cares that i'm doing a show uh wait i'm doing a show right now i'll talk to you later okay because i'm sorry they, ke- they just kept texting me it was like bing 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 all right So this is why I called up Tom Hartman to say that um, the Democrats have to start messaging better and message in an unapologetic way. 
because we are correct. We're right. See, the the thing is that for everything we could say about the Democrats, and we do, um, they're not trying to uh, kill people. In fact, they're trying to ensure that people don't needlessly die without health care. I mean, for the most part, I understand some some Democrats are not on board with Medicare for all. Shame on them. But for the most part, Democrats aren't trying to kill the American people. That's it. But the Republicans will take that as collateral damage. They don't give a crap who dies because obviously it doesn't matter to the base either. They don't care who dies, even when it's their community, obviously, because they're, I mean, the amount of Trump supporters dying of COVID, all I can say is that maybe God hates Trump supporters at this point. If you think God is going to protect you, and yet all the Trump supporters, it's mostly unvaccinated Trump and Z's in, uh, in the ICUs, this is what's so frustrating for me because I might be wrong. Maybe I am wrong, but I wish we would give it a try that why don't we at least try, try to, it's sort of like the George Costanza philosophy. Let's do the opposite as Democrats. If you, if let's, if you're a Democrat and you want to um, pretend that there are two functioning major parties, political parties in the country, and all you got to do is model good behavior and the other one, the other party, which is nothing but a bunch of fascist brats, emotionally stunted fascist brats. Um, If you think that modeling decent behavior is going to make them decent, then let's try the opposite. Why don't you fight them like the fascist rats that they are? Call them out for the liars. And when they start going on about how they are all about life and fetuses and they love, um, they love those babies and all, which we know is bullshit, then the Democrats it ne- need to fight them with the facts. The fact is, abortion rates go down under Democratic policies. The main, and that is really the main concern. There are a, a myriad of reasons why someone wouldn't bring a pregnancy to term. But surveys and studies, they've studied this. And they've concluded, the studies conclude, that the number one reason for abortions in the United States are concerns about the ability to afford raising a child after it's born. So whatever it might be, an accident or not, that's the major concern. So if somebody has a, they all of a sudden find themselves pregnant by accident, that's the consideration. You want to give, you want to be, if, if this is pro-choice, right? We, but we want to give women and human beings in this country a choice, th- an actual choice, because at this point there is no choice. If you are already economically th- th- stretched thin, to put it mildly, and then you're, you want to, you think that 
the big bad Republican filthy big government is going to come along and give you a hand up? No, that's why women can't afford. I'm not saying all the time, you know what I mean? Every, Every case is different. But that's the number one reason, economics. I can't afford this child. I can't. I'm, I, I'm, I have f- four kids already. I'm, I don't have a job. My, you know, whatever it might be. We don't have health. I already have a child with special needs. I can't afford this. There are no, there's no safety net here. There's no resources for, for people not born on third base, thinking they hit a triple, to fall back on when you have some uh, choice like this. To make so, if Republicans really weren't wanted less abortions, that's where they would attack the policies. That's the policies they would change, because they would not. You know, abortion rates go down under obviously um, reality-based sex ed and family planning. If that's your number one issue. Because we know that the some Republicans say they're a, they're a single issue voter, they're voting on abortion. Period. They they don't want any. Um, they say little uh, like little babies, when you know it's not a baby at the at this point. Anyway, I'm not here to argue that. The fact is, though, they. Uh, it's not about creating less abortions, obviously, because if that were the case, then they would legitimately create a, or, or advocate for universal health care, universal higher education, living wages. I mean, the stuff that they do in other countries to, to help. I mean, if we're such uh, pro-life, pro-family... You know, America's all about family and God. Bullshit. Bullshit. Because if it were about those things, then we would have universal health care. And Republicans would be all for it. And some of these abortion, these, these single-issue voters, they would be all for it, too. And that's how that's how hypocritical they are. And the thing is, the Democrats need to own the success of their policies. Do you know, when abortion rates go down, that, that's how you argue it. When Republicans say that they're pro-life, all you can do is laugh. Say, what do you mean? You're not pro-life, honey. You're pro-birth. You're pro-misogyny. You're pro-oppression. Because you are against all of the democratic policies that lower the amount of abortions. I mean, how hard is that, Democrats? Really, how hard is that? And the the um, the fact that we failed at messaging so far is evident by the fact that the American people don't know this. Right? You could, there's, a lot of people are dumb. Oh, we know that. Wait, hold on. That was something else that was going on. A lot, we know that a lot of Americans are dumb and mi- malinformed and misinformed. And 
you know, they're not paying attention to politics and whatnot, but they hear things. So you ask the average Joe moron walking down the street who's not informed, oh, what do you, what, what, what's the difference between the Republican, well, they'll say Republican, and Democratic parties? And they'll say, well, Republicans are for um, less taxes and small government, and um, they're pro-life. This is what they'll say. And they'll say the Democrats are, they're pro-choice, they're for big government, they, they, they're tax and spend. This is what people say. And that for right there is an example of how we have failed at messaging. Because the Republicans aren't pro pro-life. They're pro-birth. They're pro-oppression. That's how it has to be framed because that's what it is. The Democrats, not only are the Democrats pro-life, they're also pro-family and pro-patriotism and pro-unity, pro-e pluribus unum, pro-America. Enough is enough with these filthy fascist Republicans because everything that they've done, all of the, um, the, the, the moments that brought us to this day where the disgusting, illegitimate Supreme Court um, inflicts this clearly unconstitutional policy on this country. It, this is, it got here, we got here one Republican dirty trick at a time. Absolutely. That's why I know, all of this is what needs to happen with the Democrats when they get in front of a camera. If they're talking about abortion, that's how it has to be framed. The, the Democratic Party is the party of freedom. Because we want to get, we want to make the American people this. Do you want to talk about a shining city on a hill? We want a beacon. We want to be the beacon of freedom here in America. But freedom is not uh, the the way the Democratic Party defines freedom. Is not uh, that you can just be a selfish prick. Because that's what the Republicans think. That being, what is freedom? If freedom, it means that uh, you can't tell me what to do. Nah, 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 nah. That's what they, they, they're, they're doing. I've, I've been watching these school board meetings, these, these epic ranting morons at the, at the school board meetings, and some of them have children, and their children are learning these horrible behaviors from their unfit parents who are modeling these bad behaviors about these mask mandates, I won't comply. And then the kid's like, yeah, me neither, or whatever. I mean, it's like, that's what you're teaching your child. And they're, they're ensuring that the, the little brat's going to grow up to be a decent, a good, uh, not a decent, uh, I mean, uh, a Republican. I was going to say a, a good Republican. <sighs> but... Um, the Repub- the uh, excuse me, the Democrats, whenever they get in front of a camera, need to say that, no, the Republicans aren't pro-life. They're pro-birth. The Democrats are pro-life. We're pro-America. We're pro-patriotism. We're pro-leaving no one behind. We're pro-e pluribus unum. And 
that's why we support policies that not only uh, may ensure that the American people are are the uh, the middle class is the envy of the world, let's say, but that the policies uh, will reduce the numbers of abortions. If that's your issue, you're a one-issue voter. Here's an article from the Hawaii Tribune by Stephen Zunes. The nomination of Amy Coney Barrett to replace Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court, which could, which, well, this was an article written a couple of months ago. This was in October of 2020. So, just know that uh, they're talking about things in the past, uh, which could, because they say, which could result in the eventual reversal of the landmark 1973 Roe v. Wade decision legalizing abortion, has brought this contentious issue to the forefront of the 2020 election campaign. Republican efforts to highlight their anti-abortion positions have lost Democrats the support of millions of voters, which doesn't make any sense. There is no rhyme or reason to the fact that Republican efforts to highlight their anti-abortion position have lost, have cost Democrats support of millions of voters? Why? Because the Democrats haven't messaged the fact that their policies reduce the numbers of abortion, if that's the case. Millions of voters? You know, we lost, this, we so-called lost, despite receiving the most votes, the 2020 election by, what was it, when it came down to it, because of the electoral uh, throwback to times best left in the dung heap of history college, uh, the, it ended up being about 20-something thousand people put that tax-cheating, draft-dodging, wannabe fascist dictator filthy, disgusting, anti-American, disgrace to America con man in the Oval Office. (sighs) So you're talking about millions of voters? And it's all about messaging. We know this. I, 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 I harp on this constantly on the show because that's the answer, guys. That's the remedy. It is to get the word out, to stop apologizing for being correct, stop apologizing for being pro-America and pro-democracy and capable of friggin' functioning and cultivating a, 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 an actual liberal democracy, that multiracial liberal democracy that works for all. There's nothing to apologize for about that. So own it, Democrats. It's, it's so annoying that these Republicans have gotten away with their, with their lies. How? Why? Why? It makes no sense. Well, the, I mean, I'm watching the corporate media all day. Not a single time do any one of these corporate media mouthpieces say that Oh, just throw it away. Throw it away as an aside. And by the way, abortion rates go down when, de- when Democrats are in office or our Democratic policies. Come on. Why don't the American people know that? Why? Because the, de- the Democrats haven't been messaging. So, well, messaging correctly. 
They're, they're messaging bullshit. It's like when they message something, they're, I mean, who is their communications people? That's what I want to know. Uh, you have Nancy Pelosi opening a, one of her two $30,000 a piece refrigerators to show everybody and who's during the pandemic, uh, people hanging by a thread, what, uh, to show them all of her ice cream, her $15 a pint ice creams. I mean, that's the messaging. The, the messaging is, I'm out of touch. They're out of touch, right? That's what that says. Um, even, and you, you can't tell me that the Democrats in general aren't susceptible to that kind of pressure being pushed, right? When you, I think of them taking a knee. Remember um, during the George Floyd protests after the George Floyd murder and the protests that took place across the country and the Black Lives Matter movement would not go home, would not back down, kept pushing. What did the Democrats do? Well, they had to make, well, they had to do a stunt and put on the with kente cloth and take a knee in the, in, the, in the well of the Congress or whatever. That's because, why? It wasn't like they woke up one day and said, let's do this. They did it because of they were being pushed. They were getting a message. You know, we need more than um, stunts, that's for sure, at this point. But this is how we got here. The Republicans have been allowed to get away with all of their dirty tricks. And they wouldn't be able to get away with it if we own the message. There's no doubt in my mind. If this message was on every corporate media channel, I mean, we're not talking about things that are so goddamn radical. That's the other thing that gets on my nerves besides everything else. Because what are we talking about? We're not talking about something that's gonna be, that's so hard for people to swallow. We are fighting for living wages, retirement security, health care for all, nothing, I mean, education for all, a decent middle-class life for all. That's all. That's, I mean, there's nothing radical about it. It's very American and goddamn very democratic, small d democratic. It's, in fact, the requirements of a functioning democracy. And if th- there is a way, there's a way to frame the abortion issue, even in a way that, that the, those one-issue voters could swallow. I mean, all Republicans have are, they, they have their lies. They understand the power of messaging. They got lies. They could spread that lie all over the world, right? What is that, the lie? A lie takes a trip around the world <laughs> before the truth says, please become a patron. Really? Hold on a second. So here, here, let's go with the article from the Hawaii Tribune. A 2012 study of more than 9,000 women revealed that when women had access to free birth control, the number of abortions fell by two-thirds to three friggin' quarters. 
yet Republicans have worked to limit access to abortion. I mean, (laughs) to abortion, to contraception. Surveys have shown, okay, like I said, that the number one reason for abortions in the United States is concerns about the ability to afford uh, raising a child. The most effective means of dramatically lowering the abortion rate, therefore, is to make less financially prohibitive, make it less financially prohibitive for couples or single parents to raise children. Doesn't that make sense? In Northern and Western Europe, abortion rates are half that of the United States, on average, despite their more liberal attitudes towards sexuality. And we know that some countries, I mean, the the Republicans here are freaking out. I I just did a search recently because I was thinking about some other story um, that we were talking about, but I couldn't find it. But I remember seeing something, I think it was maybe a Michael Moore movie or something about the um, sex ed in... Uh, is it Norway or one of the Nordic countries? They were teaching young the kindergartners about sex ed. Oh my God! And then I, cause, and so I was googling it, and I came on. I, I stumbled upon some other articles that had kind of the same theme here in the United States, but of course it was the filthy fascist right wingers freaking out about the possibility of teaching youth sex ed. See, because that would be too normal. And sex is dirty to Republicans. It's dirty. You should be punished for it. You, and if uh, whatever happens, that's God's will. Unless you're a man. Then you can do whatever the fuck you want and um, whatever. <sighs> So I was coming. So I I stumbled upon these stories about right wingers here in the United States freaking out that, oh, they want to teach kids about sex, or they wanted to teach about gender identity. So fucking what? Yeah, m- maybe that will make them decent people, capable of living in a diverse c- civilization with people who are uh, diverse. People who aren't like them. Make them more well-rounded human beings. So they can be decent people um, as they share this small blip of time with others who aren't like them. But the Republicans freaked out. and uh, But in other countries, uh, I watched, I remember watching a clip of one of the Nordic sex educators education classes for kindergartners they're not there teaching them um you know the missionary position or whatever they're teaching them about affection and love and kissing what is kissing what is whatever it's not it was not sexual in any way just teaching them how to uh, be how to um not be a repressed fascist that's all that's it and you might even make them well-rounded human beings who enjoy sex. Could you imagine? I know that's horrible. That's a horrible notion to Republicans because sex should be dirty and you should hate yourself for it. That's what the Republicans 
want because they want the American people in general to just hate themselves anyway. And if they could control your sex life, then they got you by the balls, literally. But okay. Um, where is it? In northern, uh, like I said, northern and western Europe, abortion rates are on average half of that of the United States. <sighs> That's because most of these countries offer free and accessible, comprehensive sex education and free and accessible contraception. Furthermore, with universal health care, guaranteed paid parental leave, free daycare, and paid time off, plus an unplanned plague pregnancy does not result in all of the worries about financial well-being or seriously compromising uh, your career goals. Yet Trump and congressional Republicans have not only failed to support such measures, they've actively worked to overturn the ACA, limit access to contraception, promote demonstrably ineffective abstinence-only sex education, limit workers' rights to oppose social welfare programs supporting young families. That just says it all. The fact that they, I mean, they still push abstinence-only sex education when it is an epic failure again and again and again and again and studies we have studies and studies and studies but you know that studies are so liberal they have such a liberal bias because truth has a liberal bias and republicans don't need studies they just need you to be a dumbass and to believe their bullshit that they peddle on well on their well-funded right-wing propaganda outlets Despite all of this, and as the article says, uh, millions of Americans with deep-seated moral opposition to abortion keep voting Republican, even though the truth would say if you really are a sincere um, one-issue voter and your issue is abortion, what the are you doing voting Republican? You're killing, uh, uh, with your own words, um, you're killing the uh, babies. But you keep doing it. Why? Why do you hate babies? Republicans who vote Democratic, I mean, who vote Republican, uh, one issue voters. Why? Why do you hate, I mean, you say you hate abortion, but you vote for policies that make so many abortions it's weird democratic presidential nominee joe biden supports less ambitious social programs than those found in european social democracies but he would certainly restore and expand programs that trump has opposed and work to eliminate especially if democrats end up in control of the congress god help us this was an article written in october 2020 like i said Republicans warn that the Democrats will resume funding to Planned Parenthood and various overseas family planning efforts led by groups that also perform abortions. However, not only do taxpayer funds go to pay, not only do no, excuse me, no taxpayer funds go to pay for abortions, but these groups programs providing sex education and contraception have prevented countless unwanted pregnancies and have thereby prevented more abortions than they have performed. 
Okay. And I can't take it anymore. I cannot take the 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 lies, and I can't take the complicity of of the media, of our media, of our so-called liberal media. Come on. That's why I do the show. Enough. We're trying to do as much as we can to get the word out, to inform as many people as possible, unapologetically. What are we, you know, we're just talking about the truth. We're just talking about the policies. We have the results of the policies. We know that they've done numerous studies. And it, it makes absolutely no sense that a political party that supposedly is so uh, anti-abortion can get away with a, another epic lie. Because we got the big lie about the election, but this is another lie. And like Goebbels said, you know, repeat the lie again and again and again. And now it's become sort of like uh, it's common knowledge. It's this, fa- this fallacy is common knowledge. That goes to show us that we have failed. So I really do hope that some Democrats who have the ear of other power, of powerful Democrats, people in positions of power, well, that's what a powerful Democrat is. <laughs> What the hell? You know what I'm saying? People in office or whatnot. I wish, I hope they have, that they have the ear of some of these people, that they start messaging this. Enough. Enough with the, um, really, enough allowing the Republicans to get away with their, with their lies. Jesus. Oh, wait. Mm. That's Mike Malloy texting. So, right. hold on a second. I I can't get over the bounty thing too. It's incredible. But when I heard about that, I was like, this can't be real. But then, uh, like like everything with the Republicans, you you say, is this real? And when you find it, it is. It's like, wow, um, I didn't know that the trap door, when we hit bottom, that the trap door would open again and again and again. We just keep hitting bottom. But it's another example of Republicans, uh, like I always say, dividing this country. You want to divide a country, put a bounty on people's heads. For doing nothing, for exercising their constitutional right, for privacy over their own damn bodies. In this effed up, kiss up, kick down, I got mine, sucks to be you society where some people have health care, some people have living wages, some people have days off, some people have all kinds, of, they have a great safety net, some of them, but. Well, the senators certainly do. That's for sure. But here in the United States of serfs and lords, what do we got? Now we have the Hunger Games. Now we have the friggin' Handmaid's Tale. 
and they're gonna get paid ten thousand dollars for the for their trouble here's from the guardian texas now has abortion bounty hunters Read, uh, read Soder, so, Sonia Sotomayor's scathing legal dissent. Justice Sotomayor wrote a blistering dissent in the U- on the U.S. Supreme Court failing to block an extreme Texas abortion law. We are republishing it here. So let's read it. The court's order is stunning. Presented with an application to enjoin a flagrantly, flagrantly, unconstitutional law engineered to prohibit women from exercising their constitutional rights to evade judicial scrutiny a majority of justices have just opted to bury their heads in the sand and that's just putting it mildly they're a bunch of fascist operatives who have absolutely no honor and here's another thing that the democrats please take this Take this talking point, this frame, and run with it. They are illegitimate. The Supreme Court of the United States, I know that we don't want to start pointing fingers and saying that um, this is illegitimate, this is, that's illegitimate, this isn't working, because this is what the Democrats are trying to do. They, well, at least the people like Joe Biden. They're trying to give the American people this false sense of security that the dem- that the that their small d democracy is functioning, that the institutions are holding and you you see where I'm going it's not happening. They the institutions are not holding. Nothing is unbreakable, especially a republic. So we knew from the beginning, I at least I knew, that this Supreme... I mean, the, the people that they put on the Supreme Court, that the illegitimate uh, so-called, uh, well, the less vote-getting con man, for example, put these illegitimate, use their Republican dirty tricks to put, to ram these flunkies onto the court says everything we need to know about them, that all of the flunkies themselves, they are not, they're illegitimate, but they're also, they have no honor. What's, what would it do? What, what, um, as far as the Democrats are concerned to get, what, how hard would it be? Maybe it's like moving a mountain, but to get up in front of a camera when they were on the corporate media and say, the Supreme Court of the United States is illegitimate and it needs to be fixed because that's how you have to start messaging it if we're actually going to do that because the way it stands, the Republicans, they own the message. We use their framings. Oh, um, what, Mr. President, when they asked Joe Biden, what do you think about packing the courts? That's, we're not packing the courts. We're fucking fixing the courts from the packers they already packed it illegitimately, and we're trying to make it work again, function. You see? So that's why the, the Democrats get up in front of whatever camera on the corporate media outlets. They need to preface every, every term, uh, every time they talk about the Supreme Court, it needs to be prefaced with the illegitimate Supreme Court. 
the illegitimate Amy Coney Barrett, the illegitimate Kavanaugh, the illegitimate Gorsuch, all of them. And I'll go further and say, when when you talk about them in particular, just remind the American people that these are people without honor. That who with uh, with honor would volunteer themselves to uh, go along with Mitch McConnell's Republican dirty tricks. Certainly somebody who doesn't give a shit about this country. That's for sure. And that's, isn't that clear at this point? So use that. Because if we are going to fix the Supreme Court and fix this country, because we have to, we have so many things we have to fix. It has to start with messaging. And we can't just come in and say, well, you know what? We're going to expand the Supreme Court today. That's not how it's going to work. We have to prime the American people till they understand. When we, when we expand the Supreme Court, that, um, yeah, we're doing it because they, we're trying to fix what the Republicans have broken. And there's no apologies in that. We're doing it for patriotism. Because we're, we want to save democracy from, from, from the gravedigger of American democracy and everybody else in the GOP fascist party, the, the, the GOP death cult. I mean, come on. We're... We're on the right side of democracy. And stop apologizing and pretending that the Republicans have any interest in that. So, Sonia Sotomayor writes, the court's order is stunning. Oh yeah, I already read that. Last night, the court silently acquiesced to in a state enactment of a law that flouts nearly 50 years of federal precedents. And the other thing, just an aside, this is me talking, um, the Republicans, the Amy Coney Barrett, the illegitimate Amy Coney Barrett, illegitimate Gorsuch, illegitimate Kavanaugh, they decided or they declined to even say anything about this order uh, to not do anything, to just stick their heads in the sand, as, he, as she says, as Sonia Sotomayor says. They, they didn't release any statement. They didn't even sign it. So that we can't... They don't want to take responsibility. That's your party of personal responsibility. Why, don't, why, they, why are they allowed to get away with it? And they will continue to call them on the corporate media, the party of personal responsibility. They talk about personal responsibility. Well, where's your personal responsibility? You don't even want to sign it. You don't want to put your name to your own giant dump that you took on the American people in the Constitution. They don't want to own it. And they haven't said a word, which is stunning and says everything we need to know about what they're up to. They don't feel the need to explain to the American people what they're up to. It's like Dick Cheney, when they asked Dick Cheney, don't you think, well, what do you, what do you think about the, uh, the unpopularity of the war that, we finally, that Joe Biden finally ended? 
uh, what do you think about that? The American people don't want to be at war in the Middle East. What did Dick Cheney say? So? Well, that's the Supreme Court. So what? We don't need to explain it to you, the peons. Democracy is over in the United States. Obviously, money in politics has destroyed what, what, what could have been a perfectly decent democratic republic. But we've allowed the, um, those who have no interest in a democratic republic to get into the mechanisms and uh, destroy it from the inside. So, yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, today, well, what was it? Well, whatever. Today, the, courts belate, the court belatedly explains that it declined to grant relief because of a procedural complexity of the state's own invention. Bullshit. Give me a break. Because the court's failure to act rewards tactics designed to avoid judicial review and inflict significant harm on the applicants and on women seeking abortions in Texas, I dissent. In May 2021, the Texas legislature enacted SB 8, otherwise known as the Act. The Act, which took effect statewide at midnight on September 1st, makes it unlawful for physicians to perform ab abortions if they hit either detect cardiac activity in an embryo or fail to perform a test to detect such activity. This equates to a near categorical ban on abortions beginning at six weeks after a woman's last menstrual period before many women even realize they are pregnant and months before fetal viability. According to the applicants who are abortion providers and advocates in Texas, the act immediately prohibits care for at least 85% of Texas abortion patients and will force many abortion clinics to close. The act is clearly unconstitutional under existing precedent. Don't worry, they're taking care of that. The respondents don't even try to argue otherwise, nor could they. No fed federal appellate court has upheld such a comprehensive prohibition on abortions before viability under current law. The Texas legislature was well aware of this binding precedent to circumvent it, the legislature took the extraordinary step of enlisting private citizens to do what the state could not. The act authorizes any private citizen to, f to file a lawsuit against any person who provides an abortion in violation of the act or aids and abets such abortions, including, for, including by paying for it regardless of whether they know the abortion is prohibited under the act or even intends to engage in such conduct, courts are required to enjoin the defendant from engaging in these actions in the future and to award the private citizen plaintiff at least, at least $10,000 in statutory damages for each forbidden abortion, quote-unquote, performed or aided by the defendant. Give me a break. In effect... The Texas legislature has deputized the state's citizens as bounty hunters, offering them cash prizes for, civil, for civilly prosecuting their neighbors' medical procedures. Can you believe this? 
The legislature fashioned this scheme because federal constitutional challenges to state laws ordinarily are brought against state officers who are in charge of enforcing. By prohibiting state officers from enforcing the act directly and relying instead on citizen bounty hunters, the legislature sought to make it more complicated for federal courts to enjoin the act on a statewide basis. Taken together, the act is a breathtaking act of defiance of the Constitution, of this court's precedents, and of the rights of women seeking abortions in Texas. But over six weeks after the applicants filed suit to prevent the act from taking effect, a fifth circuit panel abruptly stayed all proceedings before the district court and vacated a preliminary injunction hearing that was scheduled to begin on Monday. The applicants requested emergency relief from this court, but the court said nothing. And the, and the act, well, the attack, took effect at midnight. <sighs> From Justice Sotomayor's dissent in Whole Women's Health et al. versus Austin Reeves Jackson, Judge et al., on application for injunctive relief, she was enjoined by Justices Breyer and Kagan. Yeah. And, yeah. So, what are we going to do? What will we do to save democracy from the filthy fascists who are actively destroying it? Well, I know how to fix this country. I know how to fix this country. We've discussed this before. And people laugh, but it's true. Well, for, before I tell you how to fix the country, I will, I'll, I'll break it down in a minute. I just want to say thank you, Jim, for your super chat thank you pookie's mama irene for your super chat pookie's mama irene writes hashtag for women everywhere yep thank you terry taylor for your super chat and thank you errol thomas for your super chat when will republic clowns ever gonna smarten up and start learning how to see the light they will never they will never that's the answer Mm, mm, mm -hmm. ah. Hold on. Sorry, 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 sorry. What the hell? No, they'll never see the light. They will never see it. Well... Okay, oh yeah, I promised to tell you how to fix the country. Here's how we do it. Let me, let me just get, gather my thoughts. All right, this is how we, well, first of all, it starts with money out of, po I should write an article about this. Money out of politics. That's the root of all evil. So I contend that if we had money, if we never had money in politics, we might not even be in this boat. So... Because human beings are greedy, selfish, small-minded, stupid, and, um, yeah, they're easily swayed. So why give them, why even tempt the, the prospect? Take money out of politics. Uh, you know, it's so ridiculous 
every time, well, not every time, but I go on YouTube, I see these videos of Democrats. It's, it's kind of embarrassing. I guess they come up for me, the Democratic videos come up, because I probably from my history, my watch history, but they're, they, they're constantly asking for money. Um, I'm sure there's other things that our elected representatives could be doing. I'm just trying to find this ad. I know I grabbed it, but I probably didn't save it. So, of Chuck Schumer that was on YouTube. It's so annoying. He's like, hey, you, you, I'm talking to you. Don't click away. We're up against a funding deadline and we need your help. Mitch McConnell isn't gonna do something, something, something if you don't help. So help. Oh, wait, here it is. Wait. Check voting rights before the deadline closes. Republicans are trying to disenfranchise millions of Americans from their right to vote. It's shameful but not surprising to see Republicans resorting to Jim Crow era restrictions to try and seize power. We must do everything within our power to protect the right to vote, but we're still missing your name. So please, add your name before the deadline to stand up for the sacred right to vote. Come on. <laughs> don't you feel a passion? Um, I don't know. Come on, guys. We, we need... This, is it any wonder why we don't own the message? Come on. Here's another one. Do I have this? I need you to take our quick one-question survey before it closes at midnight tonight. Nate Silver's 538 is reporting that the Senate is now up for grabs. But we're still going to need grassroots Democrats like you in order to do it. So please, please, make sure I see your responses before the midnight deadline. I'm still looking for 36 more responses from Democrats in your area, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. So please, take the one-question survey before the deadline. <laughs> Shut up. Who? I mean, come on. That's why we don't own the message. We, I don't know, whatever. Okay, this is how we fix the country. We get money out of politics. That's um, the overarching issue because we we'd already have universal health care we'd we'd be a much in a much better position obviously without money in politics because maybe then our representatives would actually be able to work for their communities and wouldn't have to be on the phone constantly sucking billionaire whatever whatever the billionaire sticks out and says suck they will suck so whatever that what might be it's enraging. Isn't it enraging to you to, to know that we're paying people to go represent us in the halls of power so they can sit on the phone for half the day and beg billionaires for money? And how does that translate into um, a functioning civilization? It doesn't. It, it translates into what we have now, an oligarchy with the trappings of democracy that aren't working at all. And guess what? 
if the Republicans are successful in finally overthrowing democracy once and for all in this country, and they're, I mean, God damn it, they're pretty damn close, there, there will still be elections. Trust me. There will be elections. There will be the pantomime of democracy. But the historians in 100 years, 1,000 years, when they look back at this time, they're going to, they will know what we know. Like when we look back in the early days of the Roman Empire, the Roman people didn't know that they weren't living in a republic anymore. They didn't know it. If we went back in time and asked them, they would say, we're living in a republic. We hate kings. So, I think that's, <laughs> we can have that same fate. Oh, we'll go through the motions. We'll show, I remember the pink finger or the purple finger of the Iraqi people voting? That'll be us. Hey! Okay, so we get money out of politics. The other thing, okay, this is what else. So once we get money out of politics, you will see the Republican fascists flee. They will flee government service because <laughs> they're not in it for altruism. They're in it for the cocktail parties and the rub elbows with the cokes and the, and the power and the attention. They're not in it to make your... Uh, bus schedules and ensure, uh, I don't know, in the middle of a pandemic that you don't die needlessly. They're not, that's too much work. So, okay, money and politics. The other, so then we can do some policies, all right? And one of the things that has to happen to have a functioning democratic republic is that we need, well, in this country, is that we need to have a truth and reconciliation concerning race, but the, this is all involved in saving the country because that has to happen in order to have a functioning democratic republic. We have to have that, uh, well, a functioning multiracial democratic republic. Wait, hold on. Here comes the cat. Get up here. Everybody watched you as you were grooming yourself, let me just say. Sit down. Yes, kid. <laughs> Why am I so red? All right, money and policies. Uh, truth and reconcili around, uh, reconciliation concerning race. And we also need, what's the other thing? Oh, yeah. Po the policies that will save this country, we need to have um, trade, tax, and tariff policies that will prevent the d cultivation of aristocracy so the rest once we get money out of politics the rest of how we fix this country it's really about about policy all right it always is politics is everything right so money out of politics and then the policies that will fix this country and f fix <laughs> help fix racism too i mean can you believe i i can do that you, is we have to put e pluribus unum in action. And that's how it needs to be messaged. Universal health care. Universal higher education. Once we get money out of politics, we'll be able to pass policies that tax the rich 
and prevent the development of an aristocracy. And we message it as just as what, what it is. We're saving democracy from oligarchy. We can't have democracy and, concent- and this kind of concentrated wealth at the same time. So an estate tax and a high marginal tax rate is patriotism. That's patriotism in action. So we have decided, uh, the founders fought a revolution to create and, dis- and entrust this government that we have decided is, uh, that's the government that so many fought, bled, and died to entrust to us, the democracy, a multiracial democratic republic. Well, they didn't create the multiracial part, but you know what I'm saying. That was... I mean, they certainly left us with a big heaping pile of poo-poo. And, th- and this is what happens when you're not, when you don't have the political courage to face the inevitable. And uh, they just kick the can down the road as far as people owning other human beings are concerned and they knew it in fact thomas jefferson wrote about how this was gonna come back to haunt us and yes it was the original one of the original sins of the country obviously well genocide and slavery so that's how we well am i i feel like it's am i well that's basically it that's why well how do we fix the country we get well get money out of politics and then we start electing those who those who agree in uh, cultivating that democracy and the, and in order for, for democracy to function you need certain things like an educated populace so we fund education you need a economically vibrant middle class uh, majority. So we ensure that people have living wages and health care, retirement commu- uh, security, living, uh, well, I said that, living wages, days off, leave, parental leave, like we were just discussing. And uh, one thing we don't have that will help reduce the numbers of abortions. And so we have universal health care, higher education, universal um, living, well, uh, living wages for all. And then, what's the other thing? I feel like I'm missing something. I'm forgetting. Oh, yeah, election. What am I talking about? We have to uh, enshrine voting in, uh, as a right because it's really, it's not in the Constitution as a right. So it needs to be protected these are the things we have to do that's a start to fix this country i don't know if i'm making any sense i believe that let me see what you guys on the chat say but people aren't paying attention they're saying pet me or else talking about the cat tara jr jr yep all right, that's it. Fix the, that's how we fix the country. But we do it. It starts here. It starts with the message and the liberal media, getting the word out, taking back the mantle of patriotism, 
which the Republicans have illegitimately stolen, just like they've illegitimately stolen the Supreme Court and other positions in this government, including the presidency. They've stolen that. They stole, I mean, they stole the Senate. They received fewer votes. They remained in the majority. They stole the House. The same thing. Democrats, when the Democrats were in the minority, they received one million more votes than the Republicans, and they were still in the minority. So what kind of crap is this? And the Republicans behave like they have a mandate, no matter what, even when they lose. They lose elections, and they act like they have a mandate. And as we see with the Supreme Court, what they're doing, sending women to die in back alleys, they don't give a crap that they're illegitimate and the majority of Americans don't want what they're peddling and pushing. It would be better if they peddled it, but they're pushing it down our throats. The American people don't want it, but they don't care. And, I mean, that's a bit Christian Taliban-y, if you ask me. Of course it is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, God, help us. Okay, a couple other things. Now that I fix that, I fix the country. Well, I mean, become a patron. You can help fix the country, too, by getting the message out. This message. And uh, just an aside. It's not really an aside. Because we were talking about Tom Hartman. He's going to come on the show on uh, September 15th. It'll be, it's a Wednesday. Mm. How will you go overcome the billionaire's control? They've always been in control, exactly. Robin on the chat is asking. That's why. They've always been in control, exactly. That's why you have to take money out of politics, so you have to remove that incentive. Of course, what, there will still be bribery and whatnot going on, because human beings are human beings. But it will, it will always be under the table. There'll never be a question about whether somebody's being bribed, uh, just giving a donation. I, I find that f- funny, frankly. They say, oh, what do you mean? Remember during the Democratic de- it was the Democrats during the Democratic debate because Bernie and Elizabeth Warren were not taking any corporate money at all. They were, it were completely funded by individual donations. And... Pete Buttigieg on stage was um, guffawing at the notion that that he might be influenced by someone's campaign donation. And they kept bringing up Barack Obama, saying, well, Barack Obama took money from Wall Street. Are you saying he's bought and paid for? Um, well, I could... I don't really know what's in his heart, but I can tell you that not a single filthy fascist bankster went to jail after they destroyed the economy again. And it's not just the economy. It's the, they destroyed lives again. People who worked their whole lives had their life savings siphoned away by these greedy bastards. And none of them received any repercussions for that. They're walking around right now. <laughs> Paradou on the chat. Are you a capitalist, Tara? Why does everybody always ask that? In general, people are like, well, oh, I, I hate Republicans. We all know that. But they're always like, well, 
if you're not a capital, if you sit, if you hate capitalism, if you're a socialist, a democratic socialist, a normal person, they're always like, well, look at you and your capitalism super chat. That's capitalism. You don't like capitalism, but there you are asking for super chats or there you are, uh, whatever, you know, you drive a car uh, or you're, you, you, you just living it up. Uh, come on. Which is completely misguided. You, we're not talking about if you're a socialist, you must walk around in a goddamn barrel and potato sack. No, we're talking about regulating capitalism. Am I a capitalist? Um, I'm a realist. I understand that people are greedy bastards, and they, that's why the majority, the, that human beings get together and form governments to, and we write laws, to kind of create this kind of civilization that we hope is fair and equitable for all. That, I mean, that is the point of government. Hey, Junior. Hey, you grumpy bastard. He's getting grumpy. Hey, you grumpity grump. You're being a grump. So capitalism needs regulation. And obviously the Republicans think that all regulation is bad. So what what does that mean? Um, it's another example of how they hate democracy. I mean, how hard is that to say, Democrats? If there are any Democrats who ever go on corporate media, how hard is it? Let me ask. Just say, look. When they when something comes up, when you're in a conversation, you're in a roundtable with somebody, and they're like, "Are you a capitalist or a socialist?" You say, what's the difference between capital or socialism and democ or being a Democrat? Just say, yeah, um, am I a capitalist? If they ask you, do you like capitalism? I mean, for, for a, a system of government that is supposedly so great, capitalism certainly needs a lot of uh, propping up. It's like Trump in a way, right? It's all this bluster. But it needs constant sating. You have to constantly stroke it. I say, I love capitalism. I love it. Just uh, regulate. Regulate the goddamn thing. Because without regulations, you see, capitalism gives you slavery. Enslaved human beings in this country gives you the middle passage. That's capitalism for you. Regulation. Freed the enslaved people. So, come on. Not capitalism. It wasn't the free market. The free market likes enslaved people. It likes when so, when one of those enslaved people, may, maybe they got sick on the journey, on the abhorrent, disgusting slave ship. And they weren't profitable, so you just threw them overboard. Um, that's capitalism. It makes me sick when I think about it. So you need regulation. And capitalism, guess what, guys? We'll do that again. 
Yes, it will. If given half a chance. That's why you got to regulate it. And that's why Republicans who hate democracy, hello, they hate democracy. That's why they go after regulation as if regula- all regulation is bad. All regulation, everything. You know, even the regulation. I mean, we have regulations all the time that make society function. Stopping at a red light. Hey, throw your garbage in the receptacle. Don't just throw it out the window. That's regulations. Oh, God, I hate these Republicans. So that's how we fix this country. It's not that hard, but it's uh, difficult considering the greed and selfishness. That's the way people are. People are selfish and people are stupid and all those things. But we get together and they're greedy. They might rob you. They'll, They'll operate in ways that aren't conducive to a functioning society. They, and that's why you have to regulate it. You got to regulate the kind of world you want. What do you, what do you want? Right? That's what FDR said. Do not, what did he say? Don't, oh, he said, well, yes, we're on our way back, but it's not because of a cycle or turn of the wheel. It's because we planned it that way. And, and that's a, a philosophy for life in general. Because we planned it that way. Yes, we're coming back. We're getting out of this Great Depression, the first Republican Great Depression. But we're not, it's not because of an accident. It's because we planned it that way. We made these regulations. And we built this economy from the bottom up. And we created the CCC and the WPA. And we signed Social Security into law. And we created unemployment insurance. And, you know, things like this. That's because that's the plan. That we planned it that way. From the... It's not an accident. And that's what the Republicans kind of stop this you hear this shit he's biting my hand what are you doing i'm like this watch this watch he's gonna oh now he's being nice it was i was going like this and he was biting it all right here let's go and let's get into something else I'm looking at the time. I know I spent like 20 minutes going, is this thing on? I love this story, though. COVID testing clinic (laughs) spurns anti-vaxxer Candace Owens, the worst human being on the planet, one of the worst. This is from The Daily Beast by Rachel Olding. She writes, the owner of a private COVID testing clinic turn the right-wing provocateur Candace Owens away for spreading COVID misinformation and discouraging mask use, according to a screenshot of an email posted online by, by Owens herself. We cannot support anyone who has proactively worked to make the pandemic worse by spreading misinformation, 
politicizing and discouraging the wearing of masks and actively dissuading people from receiving life-saving vaccinations, the owner wrote. My team and myself have worked overtime to exhaustion, unpaid and underpaid this past year, spending our own capital to ensure that our community remains protected. It would be unfair to them and to the sacrifices we've all made this year to serve you. The likes of you. I mean, what is she doing going to a COVID clinic to get tested? It's weird because I thought that this was a hoax. She's getting tested for a hoax and a scam that she's, she can only, she, she should t- take some hydro, what is a uh, hydro, uh, chloroquine? I, can, I forgot what it's called. Oh, hydroxychloroquine. Take some hydroxychloroquine. Take some horse paste or something. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe eat some horse oats. I heard that horse oats. When you shove horse oats up your ass, I hear that's a really good cure for COVID. I heard it on 4chan. It's got to be true. According to previous media reports, the owner, Susanna Lee, runs a private lab in the ski resort town of Aspen, Colorado. She directed Owens to the only other testing site in the city, but said it has inconsistent wait times for results. Well, she can't. She wants to walk in and be treated in the manner that she has become accustomed to. Being a basic bitch. Here, she posted it herself on, I guess, I don't know, one of her social media sites. Ha, ha, ha. And then she, and my response, she's very proud of herself. Let me see if I missed some of it. Yeah. um. Dear Susanna, I wanted to let you know that this might objectively be the most hilarious email I have ever received in my life. I highly doubt that, sweetie. Truly, I've never, ever, ever laughed harder. And that's the, this whole thing right here. Her response is another example of Republican immaturity. She decided she's going with, I never laugh hard. This is the funniest thing. Ha, ha, ha. I didn't want your old stinking test anyway. It's sour grapes. That's how she's going in the schoolyard. You know, like, ha, ha, you can't hurt me. I will never receive any information or maybe critical response from the community. Excuse me, Junior. Look at this. Excusez-moi. You see what I have to put up with? The abuse of a cat. Nothing screams. Look at this shit. This is what she writes. Nothing screams. This virus isn't political. 
quite like Googling the names of people who book tests with you and determining on a case-by-case basis whether or not you will let them comply with your community COVID measures. I don't give a shit about you. Go away. You must be feeling a little ill. Why are you going going to get a test? Maybe you got COVID? Because you're an anti-max, mask, mask hole anti-vaxxer? I don't know. She probably got the vaccination, though, because of her precious life. Not that your life is precious. Hers is. Nothing screams, this virus isn't political. Nobody cares about you, Candace. It's not about the virus isn't political. Why you? If you're getting, um, you want to get tested for something that's a political virus? Why, why are you buying into the Democrat scam to, uh, to, to subjugate you? Nothing says this virus isn't political. Like Googling the name. Well, she might not have Googled you. She might have known who the fuck you were when you, she saw your ugly email. I don't know. Not say, I mean, on the inside, the email is very ugly. Nothing screams I love my community. Quite like refusing to test people who are going to a local event and wish to ensure that they are negative and therefore do not spread the virus. That isn't political? Or that is political, and that is a hoax, and you don't need a mask for. Well, what are you worried about, Candace? Jesus will save you. Right? That nobody stopped you. What is she? Wait a minute. This is, I'm reading from her thing. That nobody stopped you from hitting send on such an emotionally unstable and hysterical email leads me to believe that the people who work for you must love me and would therefore never deny me this entertainment? Oh, my God. You see that? It's reverse, reverse psychology. You see? They, They must really love me. She is so easily triggered. It's hard to pick just one, but I think the best part of your virtue signaling rant is that the arrogant is the arrogant assumption that you are the only person who could administer a COVID test here in Texas. No, bitch. She told you where to go. She said, my team and myself have worked overtime uh, to exhaustion. So she said the, she sent you to the only other local testing option is the free kiosk by City Hall. They mail their test to Texas and have inconsistent result times. Do not take appointments, so it's walk-in only. And, uh, yeah, midday, weekdays in their back alley. Go for it, Candace. But you see the immaturity? I truly never laughed harder. Really? Where is my laugh track? I never laughed. Of course, I can't find it. I never, ever laughed. How about, this is so weird. I have all of the sudden. Wait a minute. This is weird. Oh, this is very strange. All of my sound effects are gone. Oh, well, who cares? I was going to play a laugh track. I have to say, the cat must have come in and 
deleted my laugh track. She's laughed, but she hasn't laughed as hard in her life. Virtue signal. What did she talk about? Uh, what? Uh, what's the other buzzwords? I'm surprised you didn't throw critical race theory in there. Virtue signaling? Well, we have a virtue, a, a community that wants to survive. We're signaling the virtue that we're not a bunch of selfish pricks who don't give a shit about everybody else but ourselves. We're, that we actually are patriotic community members who do our civic duty to each other and for each you know pledging our lives fortunes and sacred honor to each other included the founders could never have predicted that it it would include a a, a simple thing like wearing a mask wearing a piece of cloth around your precious facade so what I mean, it's so, it's so beyond comprehension how these assholes have turned doing the simplest things to save somebody else. They might, you might save another person. Maybe not your own. I don't know. Maybe yourself, too. You'll save yourself and somebody else. What's so hard about that? And now, like all fascists... This um, Candace Owens, she's she's upset. Obviously, she didn't like that somebody called her out. But this is absolutely necessary. We have to call them out. Public shaming has a place. And Candace Owens thinks that she she this obviously there's something very wrong with that person. She is a sick person, um, a very disturbed person. I don't understand how somebody could be that young and that stupid. Well, that I mean, that ugly on the inside, that immoral and horrible, just a horrible person. But... This is where public shaming comes in. You could be horrible, Candace, but contain your horribleness to yourself. If you don't want to uh, get wear a mask or whatever, don't. But don't spread your ugly, hateful bullshit to the weak-minded listeners of your whatever the fuck you call whatever you're doing. Whatever grift you're on. And it's a grift. Because Candace Owens is well paid by the billionaire class. And that's, you know, how we save this country. It's part of it. They're funding these, these bastards, the billionaires. We save it from the capitalists because they're, they're funding their mouthpieces. They know that. They need the message. They understand that. Because ultimately, these these rich, the these one percent, these billionaires and the one percent don't give a shit about what what political system, about democracy. What do you care? What, what do they care? They have the world is their oyster. It's all for them. No matter what system, we the sheeple have to endure. 
they're, they're going to be fine. The rules don't apply to them, no matter what. It's the way it is all over the world. A friend of mine um, is Muslim. He's married a woman from Pakistan. They lived in Pakistan for a while. She's from Pakistan. That's where she was born. They lived there for a while. He explained. I, I don't know. I'm not a expert on that region. But he explained that her, his wife's family are from uh, rich stock. So they live behind the walls of a gated compound. They also hire private security guards. I mean, that, this is the government that the, that the Republicans want to put in place here. Pakistan is conservative dreamland. If we enact all their policies, that's what this country is going to look like. And except more Jesus-y. It's not going to be Muslim. It'll be Jesus. So, but he said that his wife doesn't wear a whatever uh, head covering. They go behind their gated community and, you know, it's like uh, it's like Western civilization in there, and they go from gated community to gated community. So they'll they have friends, and they all they their friends are in the same economic sphere. They'll be like, okay, oh yeah, I'll come on over. So you drive from your friends your gated community to your friends' gated community, and in there, in in between. That's where the public is, and they have to b abide by the rules. They have to walk around in headscarves, or they have to, uh, you know, make sure they're acting be in uh, accordance to whatever, whatever religious, whatever the hell. But the point is that they're, um, you know, the rich have different rules, so it doesn't matter. That's what's going to happen here. It won't matter for uh, the rich of this country if the American people aren't able to vote. Are you kidding me? They don't give a crap. And in fact, <laughs> they, they don't want the American people to vote. We know the Republicans don't. They say it. They've said it out loud. That whole, you know, Paul Ryrick, I don't want people to vote. The elections don't work, uh, don't, whatever, you know what I'm saying. Tom, Tom Hartman always plays that clip. I don't want people to vote. The elections are not won by, what did he say? How, do, how many people have that goo-goo syndrome? You want everybody to vote. Good government. Now I know, honey. What? You guys don't understand. This goes on all day. He sits here and he goes, Meow! In my face. Now many of our Christians have what I call the goo-goo syndrome. Good government. They want everybody to vote. I don't want everybody to vote. Elections are not won by a majority of people. They never have been from the beginning of our country, and they are not now. As a matter of fact, our leverage in the elections quite candidly goes up as the voting populace goes down. Look at that. Our elections go up as the voting populace goes down.
goes down. They know this. They've been saying this for years. I think, when was that? When did he say that? When, uh, I don't want everyone to vote. It doesn't have a date. What day? Just looking at the day, trying to find the d what year that was. Well, it was a long time ago. How was that? And that's the project the Republicans have been working under. They don't want people to vote. You kidding me? That's what they've been telling us and been doing. It's not just if only they were expre merely expressing these ideas. They're carrying them out. So that's what we're up against. Okay, back to Candace Owens quickly. Her response is it's very bizarre how she thought that she would get sympathy no you don't ha you don't get to play both sides you don't get to be a mass call an anti-vax asshole uh someone who is directly and indirectly involved and responsible for the amount, the um, the incredible amount of premature corpses this country has had to endure for the past, well, since the pandemic, six hundred over six hundred thousand dead. That's unfathomable. Could you imagine if, uh, you know, if that was Joe Biden? It would never happen. Well, that's the thing. They would never, if this pandemic would be a lot different, that's for sure. I wonder, I wonder though. There are no, there's no bottom for the Republican Party, as you see. It doesn't matter. 600,000 corpses don't matter for these bastards. They hate this country. And I have to ask, again, how much longer are we going to take it? How much long? You know, I, I guess I'll answer it. We will take it for as long as it, as long as it, it as long as they keep doing it. We're going to keep taking it, clearly, until either we've had enough and the Democrats fight. I, I, we can't do it alone. They have to fight. We send them to Congress. And the reason we have this swing back and forth, back and forth, you know, they say, well, the Democrats, and then the Republicans get in, and then it swings back, and then it swings... You know why? Because the American people are constantly being sold a, bu a bill of goods. Bullshit. So they're like, okay, well, maybe we'll get this guy in, and they'll do something for me for once in my, 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 my brutal short existence. My three uniquely American low-paying jobs. I'm tired. I can't go to a doctor. I have uh, uh, student loan debts. I, uh, I haven't taken a day off. I don't have a vacation. What's that? I can't, you know what I mean? Jesus Christ. 
Well, from the article, Owens has been one of the loudest purveyors of COVID conspiracies during the pandemic from calling it no worse than the flu to downplaying the effectiveness of vaccines and saying COVID death tallies are extremely inflated. And whereas the truth is most studies have found that COVID death tallies are vastly undercounted. She's called COVID the greatest political scam in the history of the world, claiming it's been used to crash Western economies and implement communist policies? Where? I wish. That's only the only policy I want is universal health care. And money out of politics, of course. We'll see that. And that's also how we fix the country. We talked about this before. Universal health, all of these universal policies will unify this country. And that's how it has to be messaged. We, as progressives, have to message it that way, too. We have to message it to these right-wing Democrats and say, this is about unifying the country. So the next time they say, well, what about the labor union who negotiated a Cadillac plan, and and they want to keep it. If you like it, you can keep it. If you like your health insurance, you know, if you like your for-profit, that profiteer sucking profit from your tumor, um, if you you could keep that. If you uh, come on, if you like it, you could keep it. But. <laughs> Who likes that? Who likes the four? I never, it's fascinating to me. Nobody likes that shit. If you like a billionaire standing in your doctor's office saying, uh-uh, sorry, Jack. Sorry, Booby. You already had, oh, I told you that when I had the flu a couple of years ago, it was very bad. I had a, I woke up 104 fever. It's terrible. And then I went to the emergency room. I didn't know what was wrong. And they were like, oh, you got the flu. I was like, holy shit. It was the one year I didn't get the flu shot. I always get the flu vaccine. In fact, I have to get it now. And so, okay, I got the flu. And then a couple of weeks later, I woke up again with 104 fever. And I was like, what the F? And... I called the doctor and they said, hey, looks like you had a relapse on the flu. Uh, it happens, I guess. The f- whatever, the little viruses weren't completely dead in my system and there was a resurgence. So they prescribed yet again the um, antiviral medicine. I can't remember the name of it, but anyway, it was. it's just an antiviral. And that's all you could do is g- ride it out, right? And they give you this antivirus medicine to help facilitate your that process. Well, anyway, the insurance company wouldn't pay for my second round of of flu medicine because I already had it. I just had it. Just had it like three weeks before. So I had to wait, they said, until, um, oh, well, it'll be approved on... Uh, you know, in like two weeks or something, whatever it was. It was too soon. And it wasn't, it's a fucking antiviral 
medicine. It was like $100. I had to pay out of pocket for it, of course. But that's your insurance racket. Um, you just had it. Uh, it was only $100, but add that up. Keep adding it. Because that's how they make money. That They deny care. If they could say, hey, well, you had a fever. You had 104 fever and the virus. You had the flu a few weeks ago. Now you have it again. Oh, too, it's too soon to have it. Well, tell that to the fucking virus. Tell that to my body. But, you know, it's not about that. They don't give a shit. They would rather, if I get a terminal illness, or not terminal, or you get a serious illness, they would rather you die than have to pay oops, excuse me, for your treatment. Because that's how they get rich. They don't get rich paying for treatment. They get rich denying care. And if you get sick, that's a very expensive cut into their bottom line because it's not about your health it's about their wealth and how how disgusting is that that's how you make a living imagine in the future future generations are going to say do you do you know that there was a time in america where a handful of people got rich denying other americans health care that they actually got rich saying no sorry you can't have that treatment you you um this is pre-existing or you didn't tell us about uh you took accutane when you were 16 and i'm sorry we won't be paying for your cancer i mean i hate them i hate this these republicans oh uh, but uh and the health insurance racket but the way, that's when the, uh, what do you call it? When unions, when people say, well, what about the unions who negotiated these Cadillac plans and they want to keep it? They like it and they want to keep it. Well, how is that, um, how does that take precedent or that's morally superior than the millions who have nothing? And just like Candace Owens needs to be shamed constantly for her being a America-hating, anti-democratic, disgusting uh, waste of human DNA, we have to shame uh, people who say that they, they want everybody to have health care, but they just don't want to lose theirs by giving everyone health care. It's, and what has to happen is those people have to be reminded that, well, guess what? You're not a patriot. That's what you think? You, you don't give a crap that millions of Americans have no health care because you got yours? You got a good plan you like? Well, tell, I'll tell you this. Even those people who have plans that they like, get sick, honey. Get sick for real. Get a very um, challenging illness and g- get back to me about how much you love your for-profit health insurance. You, you, well, you're getting better. You're getting all those bills and phone calls and messages from the doctor. I'm sorry, they're not going to approve this treatment. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Let's get on the phone and uh, talk to the insurance racketeers and argue with them. This is what you want to do, right? When you're getting better, when you're fighting for your life. You're getting it a, uh, an, uh, an, an, you know, a letter from the insurance racket. Oh, I'm so sorry. Beginning on such and such a date, you will no longer be able to blah, 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 do this or do that or get this prescription or that prescription. Uh, this is why I can't stand the media in this country. The corporate media are part of the problem. Because the, they are, they're adding to this, to the bullshit, to the confusion. They're not educating people. Obviously, it's just corporate. They're working for the, the, the no wonder, Willie Geist, you know, will go on and on about how everybody loves their private health insurance. Because they're working, this is, they're just corporate media mouthpieces. And, whoever, um, where is it? I saw it on the chat. Somebody said, don't you get military health care? I was in the National Guard. I do not get VA health care. I mean, maybe if I went and applied. You also have to have a certain amount of, in order to have health you don't get health care for life if you're served in the military everybody doesn't get health care for life you have to serve a certain amount of hours in active duty consistently I mean I'm talking like in a row so in fact that was one of the things that Trump did to tell you the truth where is it Trump Oh, you have to be on active duty for, I think, let me see, Trump cuts benefits, I think it has to be consistent, and you have to put in a certain amount of hours, and you have to have certain, whatever, you know what I'm saying. But I remember, because I remember there was something that Trump did. They were kicking people off, certain veterans. Oh, they put them on active service and some National Guardsmen on active service. But then they cut the active service f on, on the day before the cutoff date. So the service members wouldn't receive um, the benefit of having been in active service for more than 90 days. Do you know what I'm saying? So they cut it from like... The, so Trump um, ended their deployment at like 89 days because that's who they are. It's, they suck. <sighs> God help us. And in a, let me say, let me say, let me say, thank you, Richard W., for your super chat. Another great show, Tara. Thank you. You didn't, you didn't, you weren't here when we were having technical problems. JD, thank you for your super chat. Hello, Tara, and all in the chat. And Stephanie, thank you for your super chat. Or working stiff contribution to the cause. Thank you. And Robert, Robin M., thank you so much. The rich don't vote. They buy the politician. That's the truth. And that's how, that's why we need money out of politics. All right. 
Let's see. What's the last thing? The last thing we're going to talk about is, I guess, I don't know. But you've you've seen all of these conservative broadcasters that are dropping dead. Well, and when, even when I say conservative, I'm like, are they really conservative? They're not. Let me see. Right wing COVID. Candace Owens calls a COVID rumor a conspiracy theory. Oh. Candace Owens. Look at this. How interesting. I, did, I missed this article. This is why she wanted to get tested. Candace Owens' right-wing pundit denies she has COVID after missing speaking appearance due to a sudden illness. <laughs> this is September 1st. So that's why she wanted to get checked. She's, I don't have COVID. Well, how do you know, honey? Speculation that the 32-year-old Connecticut native had become the latest COVID skeptic to be struck by the virus began when a salon reporter noted her absence from the Lone Star State Forum due to a sudden illness. According to another speaker at the event, Owens has boasted about putting herself at risk on multiple occasions and suffering no consequences. The I'm unvaccinated. Oh, well, that answers our question. Even though we don't know if she's lying or not because that Republicans breathe um, like, well, they lie like breathing. I'm unvaccinated. I've been to six countries and 28 states since the start of this pandemic, maskless outside of planes, and I still don't have COVID, she tweeted prior to the Texas summit. I slept last, uh, she says, uh, I slept next to my husband every night that he had it. Oh, so your husband had it. Your white husband, I might add. What a surprise. Candace Owens has a husband of lighter pigment. Isn't that weird? She's clearly so self-loathing. It's not even funny. I slept to my, I slept to, next to my husband every night that he had it and what amounted to a light chest cold. Oh, see, it's nothing to fear. That's what she's saying. My husband had it. It was nothing but a cold. Well, you might be the one that gets it and you're dead in three days. And I still have never got it. How? How, how? How, fate? How? Oh, if this isn't tempting fate, what is? Come on, go get her. Go get her, COVID. Get her. Darwin, take the wheel and get her. Get her. You know how much better this world will be? And I'm not saying Candace has to step off the mortal coil. Just put her fucking intubate her already. Put a breathing apparatus on her face because that will stop. That'll stop the words that come out of her mouth. The nonsensical, America-hating, human-destroying words. 
<sighs> After Twitter users, including p- pithy actor Ken Olin, wondered if COVID might be what sidelined her, the election-denying conspiracy theorist said that talk of her illness is in itself a conspiracy theory. This might rank as the best conspiracy ever. What a bitch. Oh, my God. This might rank as the best conspiracy theory ever drafted about me. Unfortunately for you, I'm at the top of an Aspen mountain with my family and limited reception. I'm still proudly unvaccinated and unmasked. And you are the definition of a leftist loser, Ken Olin. (laughs) Oh, Candace. You ignorant slut. The Evansville Courier and Express reported that Owen spoke in Indiana on Thursday, but according to a speaker at the two-night Texas event, she was unable to keep that engagement due to a scheduling change or so, she said. Right-wing activists, including Mark Bernier, Phil Valentine, Zick, Dick Farrell, Robert DeHook, I don't even know these people, have all, oh, oh these are the uh, assholes who have all recently succumbed to COVID, a virus for which they said did not exist. Other conservative speakers on the Texas Youth Summit guest list were Ted Cruz, Donald Trump Jr., blah, 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 blah. Go get them COVID. Get them, get them, get them, get them, get them, get them, get them. I mean, come on. We're so close, COVID. Just get rid of them all. I mean, legally and peacefully. Right? Mark Bernier, Phil Valentine. Oh, I remember her, him. He's dead? He died? I think we did. We were talking about him, Phil Valentine, but I think he was in the hospital when we discussed him. Yes, he died. I missed that part. Look at that. Wow, wow, wow. We would because we were talking about the Phil Phil Valentine. His wife was. I mean, he was just a terrible, horrible anti-vaxer, and then his wife was asking for prayers. He made a career this past year telling people not to get vaccinated, talking about the goddamn hoax. Well, he's dead. Ain't that... I'm not asking for people to be uh, prematurely made into corpses. But, hello, party of personal responsibility. You, What are you going to do? You know, I'm an addict in recovery. And... I understand the stigma to that. And there are many people that are like, oh, well, when an addict dies, oh, well, they brought it on themselves, right? Well, what's the difference here? This, I mean, the the anti-vax is not a a disease. (laughs) You don't have a mental substance use disorder, do you? 
I, you might actually, maybe, maybe I might have to rethink that. What the hell? The New York Times just logged me out. I have an account. I don't know. I can't log in to my own account. Why am I talking like that? I'm sorry. I know it's annoying. Son of a bitch. This is why I need a producer, too. Because then the producer can log into my effing account and not me have to be going on a runaround here. Wow, I'm just, I'm not blown away. I'm just surprised. Or is it surprised that he's dead? I, I, I do feel bad. But come on. Here, Dean Oba, Obadala writes, conservative, oh shit. Ad. Conservative radio host death should prompt others to end their vaccine lies. <laughs> oh, hope springs eternal, doesn't it, Dean? Nationally syndicated and Nashville-based conservative radio talk show host Phil Valentine had for months repeatedly shared posts on social media telling his fans that if they weren't at particular risk for COVID-19, they shouldn't get the vaccine. His message changed on July 23rd when he was hospitalized for getting the virus and in serious condition. On Saturday, he died. Before getting infected, Valentine took to social media to spread dangerous disinformation. A woman noted her sister had urged her to get the vaccine despite having contracted COVID in the past. Don't listen to your sister. If you had COVID... You've had, you have the natural immunity, Valentine responded. And why this bitch is calling up a right-wing fascist talk show host for her medical advice? Okay. In June, he aired a parody of the Beatles song Tax Man on his show. I guess, I'm the Vax Man that mocked the vaccine. Yeah, I'm the Vax Man. If you don't like me coming round, be thankful I don't hold you down. Oh, Phil. You stupid, ignorant slut. When Valentine was first hospitalized, his brother Mark told CNN's Alyssa, whatever the hell her name is, uh, that Phil recognizes now... that him not getting the vaccine has probably caused a bunch of other people not to get vaccinated and that he regrets it. I'm, I'm over the regret. I'm over the party of personal responsibility not taking responsibility for anything until it's too late or never seeing the light unless it affects them. That's another thing that we have to message... Uh, as unpatriotic okay that's it message it that way you're not a patriot if you're 
uh, if you can't put yourself in the shoes of your fellow Americans, how hard is that? Jesus Christ, do unto others, that kind of crap. <laughs> the golden rule. When Valentine, oh yes, he said that. Uh, Phil regrets it. At the time, Mark, his brother, also wrote in a statement that Phil regrets not being more vehemently pro-vaccine. What do you mean, more vehemently pro-vaccine? He wasn't any... <laughs> he was vehemently anti-vaccine. And he said that he, his brother, Phil, looks forward to being able to be more vigorously... Uh, to more vigorously advocate for the, for the vaccine as soon as he gets on air. That is an absolute and utter shame, you stupid asshole. Because it's too late now, because you've done your damage, now you're dead. Okay, fine. We, I'll see you one day. But um, you, the damage is done. We saw what happened when Twitler at his latest Nuremberg rally said, get the vaccine, whatever, and they were all like, Boo! I, I'm all for them not getting the vaccine at this point. The sooner they're gone, the better the rest of us will be. Then we can get rid of the coronavirus. Then the rest of us can get vaccinated and these um, and the coronavirus won't have places to mutate anymore because they don't mutate in corpses. So if you don't want to have the vaccine, you don't want to do your patriotic duty and help your country and community and your fellow Americans get through this pandemic, do your part, you don't want to do that. Okay, well, COVID, take the wheel, baby. (sighs) Well, as Dean writes, sadly for the Valentine family, Phil won't be coming back home. I sincerely was rooting for him to recover. Well, he, I was indifferent for, personally. As a fellow radio host and human being, I hope that Phil, if Phil followed through on his promise to encourage his conservative listeners to get vaccinated, it could have saved s- some lives. Well, coulda, woulda, shoulda. The question now, though, is will other conservative media outlets from Fox News to local radio hosts honor his memory by finally stopping to spew this misinformation? (laughs) No. No, they won't. And they haven't. And they'll continue to spew it. Because spewing misinformation, that's all they got. That's the conservative way. And what what they're conserving, I'm still trying to figure that out. Anybody know what he what the Republicans are conserving? Who's this other one? Anti-vax radio host urges friends to get vaccinated before dying of COVID. Which one is he? Oh, Dick Farrell. And then when they die. This is another thing that they do. They're irresponsible and still trying to hurt Americans by they don't even say in the obituary, obituary, I don't know, some words are hard. They don't even say that they died of COVID in the obituary. 
they don't even use it as an opportunity to maybe prevent somebody else from dying. Let's see. Farrell, a fan of former President Trump, criticized Dr. Fauci, characterizing him on Facebook as a power tripping lying freak. Some of his posts were flagged by Facebook for spreading false information. But Farrell's friend said he changed his mind about vaccines. Guess what? When? When? When did he change his mind? Anybody? Who's got the bets? Anybody taking bets? Oh, he changed his mind after. After he got COVID and was hospitalized. COVID took one of my best friends. Rest in peace, Dick Farrell. He is the reason I took the shot. God damn you. He texted me and told me, get it. He told me this virus is no joke. And he said, I wish I had gotten it. Well, Candace Owens' husband only got a, a chest cold. And she slept next to him, and she didn't get it. And then she was, she was uh, so badly treated by a woman who's probably on her last nerve for the last year and a half. Didn't they know that they were speaking to a great American who... Wants to kill fellow Americans? Didn't they know that they were speaking to Candace Owens, who's got billionaire funding to spread her misinformation and lies? She she should be respected. There's a woman who is working her ass off trying to save people. I'm talking about the woman who uh, responded to Candace's request. And that's the thing. You, there has to be consequences. There, even if they're just public shaming. Public shaming has a place. Because we are interdependent and connected as human beings. We have um, emotions and feelings. We want to be seen by our fellow human beings. We want to be respected and valued. By other humans, that's just the way we are. We want to be valued. And, uh, you know, as part of this community, there are certain, there's, it's good, right? We have a lot of things that we take for granted, like the running water, the heat, the roofs over our heads. But, you know, uh, well, what am I saying? There was a point to this whole fucking rundown. <sighs> the point is that how much longer are we going to take dealing with these right-wingers? And uh, they're supposed to be able to lie and kill people with their lies. And then all of the mechanisms of society are just going to be opened up to them. Oh, come right in, madame, after you spent the entire day spreading lies and misinformation. Come on in. Let me help you with your problem that, you know, you've been lying about all day. And maybe the woman who received Candace's request for a, a, a COVID test, she 
was probably on her last nerve and tired. You know, tired of, of listening to Candace Owens' lies. Because there has to be consequences. There has to be. Otherwise, we're, I mean, we're here. We're in the boat we're in. There are no consequences for an insurrection. There's no consequences for spreading COVID lies, except you might get put in Twitter jail for a week. And we're all supposed to, oh, well, uh, open up our door, open up the ICU. Here comes another unvaccinated asshole. And I just saw this story about, who was it? Somebody was turned away from the hospital. Or maybe I heard it on Tom Hartman or something. Um, But they were saying they turned away, oh, they had a gallbladder, a gallstone issue. Let me see. A a treatable issue. And this person ended up dying because they weren't allowed to get treatment. Here it is. Veteran was unable to get treatment due to hospital's COVID-19 crowding. That's it. Dies of gallstones. A decorated Army veteran died of gallstones, from gallstones, in Houston because he couldn't get an ICU bed amid the flood of COVID cases devastating the Lone Star State. He loved his country. He served two deployments in Afghanistan, came home with a purple heart, and it was a gallstone that took him out, his mother told CBS News. Daniel Wilkinson age 46, was taken to Bellevue Medical Center on Saturday near his suburban home where his doctor discovered he had gallstone pancreatitis. The doctor lacked the resources to perform the surgery necessary to get Wilkinson back to health, so he started making calls Hospital after hospital for nearly seven hours reported that they were unable to accommodate a new patient. Finally, a VA facility in Houston reported it had a bed available. Wilkinson was airlifted to Houston, but it was too late. CBS reports that 24 hours after Wilkinson showed up in Bellevue's emergency room, he was dead. Texas is effed, Dr. Kaki told the Daily News by phone, any doctor in Texas, talk to any doctor. It's insane. It's not just the beds that are in short supply, according to Kalki, Kaki, it's, uh, I'm sorry, K-A-K-L-I. There's a mad scramble for medical workers with training and experience to handle COVID cases. It's like hungry, hungry hippos for nurses. He told the Daily News, Kalki likened the situation to trying to pour large amounts of water into a cup. He said some of the water stays in the cup while the overflow winds up wherever it goes. Right now, the spigot is wide open. We're playing musical chairs. When the music stops, what happens? People from around the country come to Houston for medical care amid the pandemic. The fourth largest city in America was unable to help a veteran from a town next door with a treatable condition. While the Houston Veterans Affairs Office 
couldn't comment specifically about Wilkinson's case. A spokesman said it was staying in the fight. The Houston VA has the capacity and staff to respond to any veteran in need. We're experiencing the same surge in COVID patients, but have remained open. We cannot comment on this specific case, blah, blah, blah. Many people go to smaller hospitals and those facilities are at a standstill. Well, there you go. That's Candace's Owens works right there. She did that. She built that. So, was she supposed to get all the benefits of civilization when she's trying to tear it down? How many people does she have to kill to satisfy her? To satisfy her bloodlust for American lives? Well, how much longer, I gotta ask, how much longer are we gonna take it? So what do you do when somebody shows up at the hospital? They have, I'm of the opinion, this is what, uh, on Tom Hartman's show, when he was discussing this person who died of the gallstones, they were discussing, well, what do you do? Should doctors triage this and put those unvaccinated COVIDiots to the back of the line. And I say, hell yes. Hell to the yes. That person with the gallstones needed to be, he needed to be rushed right in. But the fact is, what are you going to do if the ICU beds are already filled? Well, you can't kick somebody out of an ICU bed. You can only wait for them to die but yeah the he should have taken priority over all the COVID idiots they need to go to the back of the line there's a simple thing that you need to do to to possibly stave off hospitalization and death and that's get a goddamn vaccine and get the booster when it's your time I don't know. All right. Listen up. Listen up. Listen up. I didn't do a show yesterday because it was a monsoon. And it was no joke. I didn't know what was going to happen. If I was going to have to flee. But I didn't lose power. That was good. I was going to have to flee with these bastards. What do you do with three cats when you're fleeing? I I have to think about this, and I have. You just got to do it. You got to flee. You just got to flee. All right. So, I'm not sure when we'll do a show. I guess Saturday. I probably won't do one tomorrow, but but of course, on Saturdays, we have our regular schedule. So... I don't know. I want to do a video about the abortion thing. I'll do a short video on that probably tomorrow. We'll see. And in the meantime, well, what do you do? We will win. They know we'll win. That's why they have to lie and pretend that they are uh, not the fascist death cult that they are. That's why the illegitimate Supreme Court 
the the illegitimately pushed onto the Supreme Court no honor flunkies currently who just uh, effectively took a giant dump on the Constitution and didn't sign their names, that goes to show you that we will win because they're not putting their names on that. It's not John Hancock, right? That's what John Hancock is. Put your John Hancock here. That We all know the story because John Hancock wrote his name large in a way that King George can can know who to who to hang if it came down to it but these supreme court justices these so-called justices these illegitimate bastards didn't put a, put, put any of their name they didn't even put a an initial on their um, dirty tricks that's because they know we will win because they're not on the right side of history and they know that they don't want the consequences of their actions well we we better damn well be prepared to give it to them legally and peacefully of course and it starts with this pushing them with the message getting the message out the more Americans understand the truth where they hear pro-life and they immediately think Democratic Party, the pro-life party, the, the party that builds the health, wealth, and well-being of the general welfare, the general populace, that cultivates democracy and leaves nobody behind. That's when we know we will win that well we know we'll win but that's when we'll know we have one all right all right junior relax my name is tara devlin thank you hey you little brat can i just show you this brat hey are you being good? No. All right, whatever. He's such a brat. Oh, my God. All right, we will win. Thank you for hanging out, everybody. And for all your super chats, become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Do it now if you can. Just go over there right now. And if you are a patron or... Oh, fucking shit. The cat just knocked the goddamn... Now I can't hear again. What did you do? Fuck. All right, well, good thing the show's over. If you already are a supporter of the show, and that really was the cat. He does... I don't know. I need a human producer. A human. Not someone that steps on the keyboard or whatever he does, you know. A human offense but all right we will win we'll win oh yeah what was i saying if you are a patron or supporter a regular one-off supporter or, or uh a la carte what's what's the word i don't know super chatter 
send me an email at tarabustermedia at gmail.com and say, hey, I'd like a mug. A mug. And I will send you a mug. This mug right here. This Tarabuster mug. Look at Tara Jr. Not this exact mug. He likes this. Look at Tara Jr. He likes the mug. Can I put it on your head? <laughs> no. So send me an email with your name and address and a demand for a mug. Say, I want a mug. And I'll send it to you. All right. Guys, you're the best. I got to go. I got to go lay down. I'm tired. Well, also, I have to cut this podcast. My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks for hanging out. Keeping me going. Because it's very difficult sometimes. We will win. We're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Keep the liberal media going and growing. Share the show with your friends. Tell the tell your friends about our talking points, the messaging that we're getting out there. Tell your friends. And we will win. We stick together. We win. That's right. I'll see you very soon. Yeah. <laughs>